Welcome to this episode of the podcast, Guess What You're Gonna Hate? I'm Janine. And I'm Ivy. And this is a podcast about exposing someone to the very worst and sometimes best, but mostly worst, pop culture of the 2000s. And today, we have a unique veteran of some of the worst 2000s pop culture (laughs) that's out there. And I say that with a loving intent. But I'm very excited to introduce to all of y'all Ivy Snitzer. Hey, this is great. We survived Y2K. I can't wait for the pop culture headed my way. It's the very worst. I'm just saying Paris Hilton deserves better. Also the best. Shrek won an Oscar. Pop culture of the 2000s. It's Guess What You're Gonna Hate with Janine and Kate. So, Ivy, you played the body double for Gwyneth Paltrow in the movie Shallow Howl. Yes. So I am super excited that you came on to talk with me about this, because this is a movie that, uh, well, I mean, it came out in 2001, so I guess I was like nine. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was 20. I was also kind of a baby. Oh, but you like, were just 20? Yeah. Wow. Like, yeah, I was 20 when we did that movie. I don't know exactly when I watched it, but I did know I watched it when I was a kid. And it's a it's a movie that kind of like it it stuck with me over the years because it it doesn't really have a positive message, despite what the directors might say about the film. <laughs> so because they they assert that it is a positive message, that it does teach people to quote like, you know, to basically see beyond the imperfections, which is problematic in and of itself but I was very interested to talk to you and I (laughs) I was so happy that you answered my little message because I I at first watching this film back in the day I knew that of course Gwyneth Paltrow had to have worn like a fat suit but I didn't realize that a body double had been used until I was reading about it recently and your name came up and I was just curious as to what you were doing now so then I found you on Instagram and sent you a message and the rest is history so ivy why don't you tell us a little bit about like you know where your life has gone since being in shallow howl and what you're doing now well what i'm doing now is not acting anymore i uh (laughs) i'm an office manager i own a small insurance agency we run it with my husband yeah the acting thing was really weird for me like i really i was i went to acting school i really it was a passion of mine shortly after shallow howl came out i got stopped in the street kind of a lot considering like my face was never on screen <laughs> but I also like I am six feet tall wow. I weighed almost 400 pounds I I mean I take up more space than mm-hmm. is allotted for the average human anyway like on the best day so I'm like people did notice me and then um god I just uh, that's a really fine needle for me to thread, I think, because, like, I love attention. I love <laughs> attention, but I also hate whenever anybody pays attention to me. Mm. So I was like, I think maybe this is not for me. <laughs> so um, I went back and forth on, like, you know, acting, and I did little plays and stuff, but I, the whole, like, brush with fame was terrifying oh. a little bit so when people would stop you did they recognize you from this movie yeah. was anyone ever rude about it uh no no it was more like oh that's good helpful unsolicited advice oh. <laughs> so much unsolicited advice it's like the the mean-hearted cousin of the humble brag the unsolicited yeah. advice it's all like let me tell you about not only how great I am, but also how much better I am than you. Like the unsolicited <laughs> diet advice was, I mean, it's ever present in my childhood, though. I was an obese kid, so mm-hmm. like, I rarely left the house without people being like, it'd be so pretty if you lost weight. You know what I do to lose weight? You know what you should just do? And then you'd be like, so great. Yeah, that has got to be hard, like to have basically be put out there, like to be so publicly noticeable and then to get basically like three times the normal amount of like this like concerned kind of like talking down to you because that struggle is kind of like the centerpiece of the film yeah because uh rosemary who is the character that Gwyneth paltrow plays that you play the body double for um says that no matter what she does like her weight never comes down but then also in the film like eats rather gluttonously like more Gluttonous than I've ever actually known an actual fat person to eat. Like, yeah. like a very cartoonish version of what a fat person eats. But that's the that's the film. It's it's a it's a 
you know, over the top comedy right. for better or for worse. It's not really how much can you expect from something like that. But it is interesting to see, um, you know, how that would affect you in particular, especially because like you said, it's your your face isn't really shown i think in some of the distance shots i noticed that it didn't really look like gwyneth paltrow so i think they maybe maybe that's how but yeah yeah i i think that's very interesting i i did have some questions actually about since we are talking a little bit about rosemary and about how she's portrayed in the film um i know that you like you said you were very tall and large and of course like this is something that you always kind of had to navigate in your day-to-day life back then but uh in the film, the consequences that Rosemary suffers on account of her size are really that of a much larger person. Like, for example, the steel chair breaks underneath her. And so did that disconnect with what you knew from living as a larger woman and how it was portrayed in the movie? How did that make you feel? Did it disorient you? Not really. I mean, it was so cartoonish. Mm-hmm. Like, it was so cartoonish. It was so un like any experience I'd ever had and I'm the I was the biggest person I knew like I didn't know anybody and I still have never met anybody who was personally bigger than I was Mm -hmm. it was just I'd never had that experience and so I was like oh this is just what if it's taking it to this very huge Mm -hmm. cartoonish conclusion that isn't like anything so did you ever feel like alienated on set by other people no wow okay god they were so nice everyone was nice like I'm nobody and I showed up and everyone treated me like I was a movie star like everyone was so nice to me and like like I like screwed up a call time and they're like no 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 the call sheet was really vague at telling you exactly where and when you needed to be at a place and you didn't know everything's fine we're sending a car just for you and everything everyone like there wasn't a person in like craft services to like the directors like everyone treated me really well Gwyneth Paltrow included wow was like like I never knew where to be and I'm always like I'm big and I'm awkward so I always like try really hard to stay out of the way and Mm -hmm. no one really let that happen anytime I was sort of like in a place being like I don't know what to do with my body I don't know where to be someone would be like hey come hang out with me like wow every time yeah it was amazing honestly it surprises me because I wasn't sure with such like I mean of course like I said it is over the top but I I don't know. I guess I kind of just, and I guess it's also my own projecting, like of how I felt from seeing the film, like seeing like, right. like kind of misconstruing perhaps the intentions, because like I said, they do believe that this is a positive message. It's very interesting. I think it's, that's, I'm just honestly surprised, but I'm, I'm happy too. I'm happy that they didn't make uh, you feel like awkward, I guess, because I had this idea of like the elite kind of being like, oh, and then also here's our body double that we have to use. So, um, that, that's yeah. that's really not, I'm really happy that they they didn't make you feel bad. So that's really good. Yeah. What was the casting like for a film like this? God, it was so long ago. So I was in acting school, um, and a friend of mine heard about it somehow, and he called, and I was, and he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna pick you up, and I'm just gonna take you to the thing." And I was like, "All right, <laughs> I've no clue," because <laughs> I don't know. I didn't think about it a lot because it was just such a weird thing. So he took me and they took a bunch of pictures of me from different angles. And then they're like, mm-hmm. okay, now you have to go to this other location. And what we went was, um, I'm blanking on the name now, but Tony Gardner was the guy who did the special effects. And we went to his uh, studio for special effects. And they took a bunch of pictures of me and they talked to me. And they're all also incredibly awesome and sweet and fun. And then I went home and I was like, cool, well, that was a weird day (laughs) like I got a call like a week later from the um Fairley Brothers office and they're like hey they want to meet you and I was like um okay that seems ridiculous (laughs) and I'd seen them like they're directors and they so I I knew their faces vaguely but they weren't like I didn't see their like you know Mm -hmm. um so I went to their office and I sat down with them in a room with them and the producers and stuff and we just talked we just like sat down and talked and I was generally dorky which is my thing and uh they're like all right bye we're done i was like i don't why (laughs) okay were you gonna have me like read a script or something and they're like no we just want to meet you i was like okay (laughs) bye and i was like oh i screwed that up that was obviously i'm too weird and then i got a call like (laughs) in my car like on the way home but it was at my house because i didn't have a cell phone because it was like 2001 (laughs) 2001 yeah (laughs) when i got home there were already messages from 
them saying you're hired and from costume people setting up wow. fittings and from the the cool lady who made my wig who was just neat um and then like and the people at Tony Gardner studio so I could go back and say they could make casts of my legs and stuff mm-hmm. so it like happened really quickly but it was based entirely on like like did I physically look the part and then was I fun enough to hang out with oh wow because you had to kind of fit the comedic, like, cast and, like... Right, right. Yeah. And, they, and they wanted to make sure, like, I wasn't going to be overly sensitive about mm-hmm. any of the jokes, which I'm not uh, super easily offended by things. So I think yeah. that was part of the concern. Yeah. Wow. That's really interesting. I mean, that's... I, I think, uh, you know, they did a lot of work with the prosthetics for Gwyneth Paltrow. I think I read somewhere she said she hated getting ready for the film because it was just so much work with the prosthetic suit and all that stuff. That's why there's not really a lot of shots with her in it. Yeah. It took her a long time. And um, I think once or twice she was like, hey, this is going to take like a couple hours. Come hang out with me in my trailer. Because she was actually really, really nice to me. Well, that's really cool. So was it weird to see her in the fat suit, like, side by- Did you guys ever, like, look side by side, how it compared? Yeah. Yeah, a couple times. It's weird because um they took casts of my hands, mm-hmm. but I have actually kind of small hands for my body, but so they didn't fit her right. Mm-hmm. Um, So she is, if you watch the movie, like, everyone has these, like, beautiful, skinny, long, elegant fingers and pretty, pretty hands, and then and then the, the sleeve of the fat suit starts. <laughs> it's weird. So, like... It was extra weird to see her with these like perfect, pretty, pretty hands and then like this completely disjointed body. I was like, yeah, that doesn't work. I found that really distracting when I watched the movie. (laughs) So how did you feel when you watched the movie for the first time? Did you like kind of I guess you knew like the plot as you were going through it because you had to be kind of actively involved to be in all the establishing shots. So what was it like when you watched it for the first time? It was uh, it was weird. I mean, I'd never seen a movie that I'd been a part of making before you know so it was Mm -hmm. just like I was like I remember all the stuff that happened outside the camera that those days um but also like I was at the premiere so it's sort of this huge deal I saw the picture you were so cute oh my god no it's cool my mom made that outfit oh it was such a nice little outfit and very like early 2000s I know I designed it and my mom made it for me oh that is so cool but I was like nothing fit me that wasn't hideous and I was like Mm -hmm. I was like a little punk rock girl and I was like, you know what? I want things with sleeves that go all the way down to my knuckles because this doesn't exist in fashion. <laughs> I want long enough sleeves, damn it. And so my mom made it for me. That's so cool. Awesome. I know I have no idea what happened to the outfit now, but still, I'm like, <laughs> I thought about pictures. I'm like, why didn't I keep that outfit? It was a great, weird outfit that I decided that was my look all by myself. <laughs> what was it like at the premiere? Like, did people like... I guess that of course they're obviously gonna like flock towards the stars, but like people recognize you. Did they like get to interview you, ask you questions or anything? Yeah, I uh, I tried to sneak kind of in the side of <laughs> because of you the like attention, premiere. but you don't like attention, <laughs> right? Well, I didn't know anybody would. No, I was like, I was a body double. I was essentially mm-hmm. like a stagehand to me, mm-hmm. you know. So I was like, I didn't know anybody would care, and so I walked in and um, I. I think I went up to give uh, Peter Farrelly a hug. And he's like, wait, what are you doing? Go out on the red carpet. I was like, but I don't want to. And then people were like, go, 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 go. I was like, oh, the crap. Because I'm <laughs> awkward. And I saw, I forget who, but I saw one somebody that I'd been like friendly with on set. And I went to give him a hug. And everyone's like, what are you doing? Like, because on the red carpet, there's rules. And like, you're not supposed to oh. actually talk to the other people. You're supposed to stand there and have your picture taken. And I didn't know that because I'd never done it before. <laughs> and then I was like instantly scared and sweaty and wanted to leave very quickly <laughs> so i was like so those are all the pictures and it's ve- it was weird it's surreal people like ivy ivy i'm like i know you don't know who i am and then i left <laughs> uh, well i really liked your outfit i thought it was very cute because uh, when you google ivy snitzer it's like the first thing that comes up is your red carpet look which is very cute so i, th- I think it's so cool that your mom made that for you I know. I'm like, this is the nerdiest, like, Hollywood story ever. My first premiere, and my mom made it for me. But, like, I did design it myself. <laughs> How did she feel about the movie and your role in it? Um, my mom was the, uh, she like, the most almost, like, aggressively positive woman on Earth. She, like, <laughs> loves, or loved, she passed away, but, like, loved her kids. Oh, I'm sorry. So much that she would, like, like, the way she would brag about us was 
full on almost lies. We're like, mom, that never happened. She's like, no, 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 but it would have because you could have done it. That's so sweet. Like when I was uh, interested in doing comedy, she's like, well, I have the audition for Saturday Night Live. <laughs> I did not in any way even contemplate it. And she's like, no, but you could. You could get on it, though, because you're just really funny. So, That's so sweet. To my mom, it was. I was full on movie star. Aww. Like I may, she, I wouldn't be surprised if she told people I won awards. Like that was the kind of like incredibly supportive mother I had. So she was just thrilled. She was thrilled. She thought it was cool. Well, that's really cool. I think that your mom sounds like so supportive and I'm glad that you had that force in your life. I mean, just the fact that she made your red carpet look is so cute. <laughs> I, I think about that actually on a regular basis. I'm like, that's the weirdest, most adorable thing. That's like the most mom story. It's so wholesome. Right? I really right? enjoy that. So Ivy, I'm so glad that we've gotten to talk a little bit about this. And I wanted to invite another blogger named Maggie to come join us in our conversation because they also had some questions about the film and they're really excited to learn more about you. So hi, Maggie. Yay. Hello. <laughs> I'm glad that you made it. Uh, we've just been talking about Ivy's experiences on set and how they were pretty positive and that the environment was very positive and the casting was very lighthearted. So, um, yeah, we've just been kind of talking about that. And the cute I learned the cutest thing ever, which is that Ivy's mother made her red carpet look. That is amazing. Isn't that just the cutest? I, I mean, I'm mad that, like, I don't know if that had to happen, but if that had to happen, I'm mad. But also, that's very sweet. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just more like Ivy n- knows exactly what she likes and the clothing that she likes. Mm. And it was 2001. And what? We had, mm. like, two <laughs> stores we could shop in. So... It was very 2001, and it was very, like, yeah, because there's just nothing cute at, like, Lane Bryant <laughs> yeah. that season. Like, and that was the option. It was, like, that or, like, that yeah. was it. That was the only option. So, <laughs> we used to yeah, call like, Lane Bryant Lame Giant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nicole Byer has that in her um, comedy special on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's just, like, they never really had anything fun. I think they're probably a little bit better now, but I still don't shop yeah. there. <laughs> I have never shot I think there. it was right around the time when, like, uh, Torrid was coming in, and they had actually, like, clothes that were, like, cool and more my style. Yeah. Like, a little punk rock girl. Lots of skulls were, and everything. Like, yeah, that were plus size. But I'm like, but still, I was like, I don't know. Especially then, as, like, a plus size person, it was just hard to get dressed sometimes. Yeah. Um, And my mom liked to sew. So, yeah, my mom made, one, all of my pajama pants. I had these really great Diet Coke flannel pajama pants that I wore <laughs> until they disintegrated. I wore those things for a long time. Those were great. So Maggie, you are a plus size Instagram blogger and you were interested in joining a podcast. So I reached out to you to guest on our podcast to discuss Shallow How. So why don't you tell the audience a little bit more about you and what you blog about and also like your experiences with Shallow How? Sure. Well, I am a, as you said, I'm a queer um, plus size blogger, YouTuber, uh, content creator. Shallow How was probably the first fat representation I'd seen. And it was a movie that I clung to for a long time. Also because I love Jack Black, which we can talk about later. (laughs) I hadn't thought about it in a while, but as I've gotten to the fat positive space, it's like come back into my brain and I'm like, okay, that is not what a young fat person should see growing up. (laughs) And I just love talking about TV and movies and media. It's like one of my favorite things to talk about. I don't get to do it very often. Mm -hmm. Um, So yes, jumped at the chance. Yeah, uh, I think it's interesting because Ivy and I were talking about this a little bit before we started recording where that you know, it's such a different world for fat representation or even just like body positivity. Like, I mean, we still have a long way to go, but I don't think a movie like Shallow How would get made now. I haven't. uh, Yeah, I haven't seen it since it came out in 18 years. I I suspect it hasn't aged well. (laughs) Yeah, I have have an inkling. I don't I don't think it would get made. So actually, something that we were kind of talking about earlier is you did get to see the movie. And I know that you were involved with the production. But when you watched it, did you like it? Did you think it was funny like when it came out? Huh, I think so. I don't know that I would have thought it was funny necessarily had I not been in it. Um, Like, because that wasn't, I don't, that's not my humor. Like, I'm not <laughs> broad humor. That's not my humor, usually. But I loved being a part of it so much. It was yeah. so much fun that I was like, 
for me, it was all pleasant experience all the way around. It was really, mm-hmm. really fun. So I loved seeing it. And I thought it was really funny because I knew the the intention behind the jokes and the process behind the jokes and how they got to that shot of the jokes. And so mm-hmm. I did like it. Absolutely. Were I not involved? Probably. Maybe not. I don't know. It's, I can't say. I'm sure it's got to be complicated because while you were watching something like that, you might have thought like, oh, around that scene, it was like the time when Gwyneth Paltrow invited me to her trailer and we just like hung out while she was getting ready for the film, you know? Uh, it was a fun thing to do. Um, plus, it wasn't, there just weren't a lot of movies out at that time that showed people who were different of any stripe. And so I was kind of proud mm-hmm. to be a part of something. I was like, hey, look, there's an actual person who not only looks like me, but actually is me. That's literally nothing I've ever seen before. I think it was like Ricky Lake, maybe. I don't know what else, like in that exact time era. But like, I don't know. There just (laughs) wasn't anything like that. And I was, I was proud of it. I was proud to be a part of it. And I thought, well, I don't know necessarily that it has like enduring themes. Like, I do think it was a step in a certain direction (laughs) That maybe could have been explored to go mm-hmm. further, but yeah. I could see that. Yeah, Maggie, you said that this was something that you kind of like clung on to for years because it was, like Ivy said, kind of the only film of the time that really showed, you know, like this radical acceptance of someone like of a larger size, even in like a sort of problematic way and that, you know, it's because the real beauty is hiding behind a fat suit. What did you feel when you watched this film? I know many years ago and how has it evolved over the years? My thought was like, Oh, it's like someone actually loving a fat person and wanting to be with a fat person. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was younger, when this movie came out, uh, my mentality about my body and about romantic relationships was um, I'll know that someone loves me for me because they certainly won't love me for my body, mm. which is a horrible, <laughs> yeah, horrible thing for a, a young person oh. to think. Um, but that, I mean, this movie almost solidified that, yeah. right? Yeah. Because this movie's like, oh, it's the insides that matter, yeah. not the outsides. Yeah. Um, so in a way, this movie may have, I don't know, inspired or carried on that mentality. Um, but... You know, now I, to me, this movie almost seems like someone was, like, came up with a hilarious, like, gag of, like... What if? Like, let's see how, yeah, we, yeah, what if? Like, how many, like, fat jokes can we put in a movie where the joke is that the person's thin if the other person doesn't know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. which is an interesting challenge. It's just, oh. Yeah. It's just bad now looking at it. <laughs> I think it's very interesting because I was reading uh, some articles at the time in 2001. There was a a fat activist who spoke out against the film because she believed that it was, you know, not good representation. It was Marilyn Wan, who I think still is active in the uh, body positivity community. She felt that it was a lot of like recycled things about inner beauty. And I think her biggest problem with it is that what is represented as inner beauty like i was talking to amanda i'm in of amanda's picture show a go-go just a few days ago and she was saying like this idea that inner beauty has to be a thin a white woman you know like that it's Mm. like that's what beautiful is that's really like the 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 problem here because it's like sure we should all want to see like someone's personality and like see like that's where we the love comes from but at the same time, like, what are we doing to represent that? And who is representing that? And I think that's, like, what really comes to it. It's not that Rosemary finds herself beautiful or that Jack Black finds Rosemary beautiful. It's the idea of what Rosemary could be that I think is kind of the driving, which I think it's, that's how I digested it as a kid. Like, not really knowingly, because I kind of took it similarly to Maggie Dead. It's like, well... I'll hold out because someone will see through it all and they'll see like how beautiful I really am when I'm stuck in this body that I have because that's how I felt, you know, growing up. And right. yeah. Yeah. I mean, me yeah. Too. And I, I feel like it's, it's so interesting going from like seeing like even in 2001, there were people speaking out against it and then getting to talk to Ivy now and seeing like it really was, as the director said, like kind of a goofy I guess just like stumbling, trying to be positive, but kind of falling short of it. And of course, we're coming at this from a a 2019 lens, 
where we have things like Shrill mm-hmm. on Hulu, <laughs> which is, mm-hmm. yeah. We're yeah. spoiled, it feels. We have yeah. such like, a different world that we live in now. And it's it's really interesting, like as Ivy said, like and even as you said, Maggie, that's that was like really one of the first times to see this kind of like idea being challenged, you know? Like, I mean, there had been, of course, like, there's the holiday, or last holiday, with, um... Queen Latifah. Yeah, with Queen Latifah. <laughs> it was like, yeah, there's last holiday with Queen Latifah, and she's a plus-size right. woman, and she, like, you know, feels beautiful, and she's in a relationship, but her actual size is not discussed as much. I mean, she does diet in the film, but uh, it's not really, like, the centerpiece, like, a film like this is. And I think this is really one of those first pieces where we see this fat representation and how it's managed to come to something today where we can have a show where a character like Annie and Shrill gets to like really put it all out on the table and spell out how it's not fair the way she's treated for her size as opposed to this like super comedic over the top like yeah, this woman says she wants to be treated nicely, but then she eats like she drinks like five milkshakes in one go. You know, like right. What is like the true like meaning here? It's so it's it's really I think we've really come to a a, a new understanding of fat representation in media. And so since we're talking about fat representation in media, uh, what are y'all's favorite fat characters now? <sighs> This is my favorite question ever. <laughs> I actually made a YouTube video around Valentine's Day a couple years ago that was like my favorite fat character. <laughs> oh, this oh. is hard because I have I love so many. Um, one of my favorite shows is uh, My Mad Fat Diary. <gasps> yes, I love so, that show. I love Ray Earl. I love all of the fat oh. characters in Steven Universe. Yeah. Um, I love the show Huge. If you want to do an episode about Huge, I'm there. I want to do a podcast, a whole podcast about Huge, but, um, all the characters in that, um, yeah. I'm trying to think of one that's not, like, at a fat camp or involves weight loss at all, (laughs) but most of them do. Yeah. What about you, Ivy? I don't know. My, uh, like, I loved Shrill. I loved Mm -hmm. Shrill. Um... I loved the beginning of Dietland because I like Joy Nash so much. I felt like it kind of fell off in the end, just like storytelling wise. I was like, where are you even mm-hmm. going with this? But I thought she was incredible. Um, and I'm like, I'll follow her in anything she does because she was great to watch. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, those are the only things that like top of my head that I've seen recently. I'm like thrown off because I'd kind of forgotten about Ray from my fat, my mad fat diary. But oh, it's so good, Ivy. You have to watch it. It's like set in '90s Britain. Yeah, it's it's so it's so good. But I think one, um, you know, fat character that I really grew up with was Penelope from Criminal Minds. I think it's her name, right? Penelope Garcia from Criminal Minds was, like, one of my first, like, real introductions that there could be, like, a plus-size character on TV, and she could be, like, quirky and fun, because, like, she had, like, a lot of really, like, over-the-top outfits and such. Uh, If you guys have not seen Criminal Minds, she plays, like, the tech person, and she's always flirting with, like, the really hot guy, (laughs) Um, and it's, like... It's, like, such a cool, like, thing to see because it's, like, oh, like, they can actually, like, have this kind of, like, she's cool, she's flirty, like, she gets to do all these things. Like, there are some, like, not-so-great storylines. I think there's one where, like, she gets targeted by some guy who, like, pretends to be interested in her, but he really just wants to murder her. Like, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. You like, mean most men? Yeah, I'm like, we've all been there. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, Ivy was telling me, um, Ivy, uh, why don't you tell Maggie how you felt when I reached out to you? Oh, well, I was, like, because, okay, so I've gotten reach out to a couple of times over the years. Like mostly I'm nobody, but sometimes people will reach out to me and be like, Hey, are you Ivy from shallow hell? But it's always like some really sketchy dude. <laughs> uh, so when Janine mm-hmm. reached out, I like that's, had to stalk her a little bit just to make sure that she wasn't like, like some dude or like seven gerbils in a raincoat or like, I want to, <laughs> the internet is a scary place. Yeah. And I, like it sure is. I, I avoid everything that isn't like puppy videos most of the time. <laughs> Uh, the only safe area is like dogs trying to eat watermelon that's <laughs> i think you're right <laughs> so there's like a really there's a lot to talk about with this film and i i didn't really want to focus too much on the plot because like even when i was talking to maggie about like if you've seen the film especially when you've grown up overweight it's kind of like you've already 
digested pun intended the message uh enough that you don't really need to revisit it again unless you know maybe i mean maybe it might be different for you i because you have such positive memories associated to that and i think that's really cool yeah i think i'm gonna let those lie in my memory though i don't really need to I'm going to I'm going to leave that experience positive just where it is. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um Maggie and I basically just watched some clips we found on YouTube, like the Fandango YouTube like post clips from the movie. Right. And a lot of it was a lot worse than I remembered. This like, is my fear. This is my fear actually. Yeah. I'm like I don't know that it was as funny as I remember. Yeah. I'm and like, of course, it is again like coming from this like looking back at the past lens. And that's why I think it's been so valuable getting to talk to you about like what it was really like right. in the trenches, you know, <laughs> like, um, yeah. So, um, Maggie, is there anything about the f- anything you'd like to ask Ivy that you know, like, since you have this chance here, Ivy, did you work with Jack Black and how was I it? I did work with Jack Black. <laughs> He's fantastic. I so much. Um, I also got to work with uh, Kyle Glass, and he's fantastic. Um, no, the mm. first day I met Jack Black, I was, I don't even remember exactly what I said, but it was something that I was like no it's so great to meet you like you're such a you're such a big star and I was so like because I love Tenacious D and I was awkward (laughs) and I said it but it came out sounding like I was the biggest asshole I was like oh my god so that came out like I was being really sarcastic I'm actually a really big fan and I was very lucky that he laughed really really hard at that otherwise I might have been sent home that day because it was my first day on set (laughs) I was like I'm an asshole I'm so sorry because I was a really big fan of his I was probably a bigger fan of his than I was of, of Gwyneth Paltrow when like I met them and he's incredibly sweet and incredibly kind and um like I spent a lot of time in shots with him like lining stuff up and um like for a lot of the movie I did I, I did acting you know and then Gwyneth would come and like dub her lines over my lines later so mm-hmm. I was a part of it sort of but I wasn't like in it <laughs> you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but um yeah no if you have any so did you get to hang out with jack like you hung out with gwyneth Paltrow? no not as much no no just like mm-hmm. while we were actually filming but yeah like if you have any crushes on jack black i support that i think that's a good choice he seems like, really solid I like, that's good to know don't i don't date cishet men anymore but like i would i mean i would go for a younger jack black mm, i applaud that choice i think that's good i think that's solid yeah He's still pretty cute with the the bushy beard he's got now. Like, have you seen the YouTube channel that he's got with his son where they, like, review video games? It's very good. It's very, very cute. We stand a wholesome dad. Yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> my, he was just in uh, some movie that my daughter loved. She watched it, like, six times. It was, like, the, the house with the clock in its walls. She was like, can we watch that again when my friend comes over? Can we watch it? And I was like, I really don't want to see it again. But, yeah, he's cute. I like it. How old is your daughter? She's nine. Oh yeah, she's awesome. If your daughter asked to watch this movie, like, what would you, what would your thoughts be about it? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, listen, with any content of any type, there's a conversation to be had, but we don't, um, mm-hmm. unless it's really scary or really damaging, or I'm really gonna have to explain what something is that I don't mm-hmm. feel like talking about right then. Uh, I'm pretty good with her consuming content and then asking questions. Mm. like we have a pretty well we try I, I don't know I don't know I'm a mom I failed but I try I try <laughs> to have open conversations with questions about things so that she can learn her own yeah comfort zones. so absolutely without question I'd let her watch it has she ever asked to see it no does no. she know that you starred in a movie does she I mean because like now you don't act right but did she know right. you used to act she knows I used to act she um she tells people all the time my mommy used to be an actress <laughs> as I like feel like that's a I'm just going to let you say it because it makes me feel very good about myself. <laughs> yeah, I think that's very cool, though, to, you know, I, I think, you know, when I if if when I become a mother, that's the kind of uh, path I'd like to go down on. It's like I'm not going to censor. I mean, also, I'm a librarian, so it's like very much against like my brand and my right. my profession to censor right. what a what someone can look at. But it's also very much like a being aware there are things out there you may or may not agree with. But just having that open conversation is so important. Yeah. That's really cool. We try. I mean, there are some things, I don't know. We, she was reading a book that was like a YA book and she came up and she was all like, 
what is porn? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> what a question. I'm like, what book are you reading? <laughs> and I'm like, listen, I'm going to explain it to you, but I don't, I don't have all the pieces in my head right now to put it together in a way that I don't, I can't, I can, I have a timeout. I need an adult. I can't do this one. <laughs> I don't know how to answer this question. So we just put a pin in that for a little while and we haven't revisited yet because I honestly don't know how to explain that to a nine-year-old in any way that would make me not horrified. So like, God, I don't want to, what did I let you read? <laughs> so yeah. So. Uh, well, I mean, it's just, it's amazing what kids will end up finding. I mean, like like I said earlier, I watched this movie when I was nine, Shallow How, and I know it's not like the most crazy thing. I think it does have a PG-13 rating, but, you know, I'm fast yeah. and loose with the rules, so. <laughs> uh, well, um, so with this film, and I, I'm still so happy to hear that you had a good experience on set, because I think that's so cool. Yes. Uh, yeah, like <laughs> I was like hoping. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like she was saying, I know I know we weren't here for that Maggie, but she was saying like, you know, they like gave her like the full like star treatment, you know, like never made her feel bad if she was like mm-hmm. late or missed anything, which is such a cool like and such a relief too because like yeah. I feel like some of what I've been coming at with this movie has been just projection with my own experiences and how the movie made me feel. Mm-hmm. and kind of like scoffing at this idea like when i read the directors were like oh this is a positive film like yeah that's what you would say right but <laughs> you know like hearing you know yeah from my it, it's it always great. felt like i mean i never ever ever felt like um i was the butt of a joke it always mm. felt like we were a team making a thing oh. um always and like i, I like, never and i was coming from like most of the time I didn't feel that way. Just in life in general, most mm. of the time, people would come at somebody mm. who was morbidly obese. Um, and I hope it's not the same now, but I suspect it is. <laughs> but most of the time, people would come at, like, the mean, or, like, the nice people would just completely ignore you. The mean people would, like, poke you and, like, like comment on your smell. Mm. And then, like, the really cruel people would, like, offer advice or helpful tips. Yeah. Um, and this was a, actually the first environment I had ever been in where not only was, like, I good just like I was, I was fine just like I was. I was an asset. Wow. I was great, and they needed me to be big. And my big was great for them because they needed it for that show. And they all treated me that way, and I felt that way. Wow. And so, I mean, I felt fantastic. <laughs> Having, like, very little thought about the fact that there were, like, millions of other obese little girls and boys that we're going to see it and then maybe internalize some stuff that yeah in retrospect i am very sorry for if anybody was harmed yeah but i think you know? i mean it's not like you controlled the artistic message of the film right right and i think it's interesting because you were talking about you know like getting costumes for the film and stuff like that and even just rewatching that clip, there's like one clip where what jack black or i think actually jason alexander's character calls the nasties they're all like dancing in the crowd, but I assume it, you know, because they're like I said before, there's like these shots where like it doesn't really look like Gwyneth Paltrow's face. I think it's where they used your body for establishing shots. Yeah, and you're just dancing in this like, I think it's like a sleeveless top. Like yeah, top. and you just look so happy, and it, it was like so even like for maybe some of the things I digested back then, it was just really nice to see somebody like having fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was like it's still genuine fun. It was good fat representation. Yeah, it was genuine fun. I was really I was having a very good time that whole that whole shoot was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Did they have to um like custom make most of the clothing? I have no idea. Oh. Actually, probably. I mean the clothes just showed up. <laughs> Such an asshole thing to say. Yeah, I don't know. Shows stuff just magically appeared for me. And there, there was a lady who was employed to dress me. There was actually, it was very cool. I'm like, I can dress myself. And she's like, no, it's my job. I'm a dresser. I was like, okay. Um, yeah, I actually don't know the answer to that one at all. Yeah. They were great. They were super nice. I was wondering that. Yeah. I was wondering that because, like, at the pool party, you wear a bikini. And I was like, did bikinis exist for fat people at that time? <laughs> I know that one was uh, custom because I uh, very flat chested, mm. just very flat chested. And so they had to fill up the cups were entirely <laughs> just just entirely full because I yeah. do not have 
the chest they really wanted. Although they only shot me from behind, so it didn't matter. I don't even think I wore the wig in that shot, but yeah, there's like you know, speaking of like I guess like the bikini and like the um you know the way they like exaggerated like the chest and like also the underwear. There's like that one scene where Jack Black takes off the underwear. Y'all remember like where it looks like a tent? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, like what was I don't know. I I feel like you know like sometimes even. And, you know, I've been bigger and smaller. And sometimes when I look at my pants, I'm always like, these are what my pants look like? Like, they're actually, like, this big? And to, like, look at, like... Yes. I yeah, that like, with that too. shot with the <laughs> with the underwear, and it's, like, so big. I remember just being like, like, that can't be real, right? And, like, obviously it's not. Like, it's because it's comedy, you know? Like, it's comedic right. exaggeration. No. But... Yeah, very broad. Like I don't think I don't think I was there that on that set that day because I think she was like skinny sight. Yeah, I think she was. I don't think I was there for that. But like, I mean, I saw the movie and I'm like, I don't know. I don't think that was <clears throat> completely accurate. <laughs> <laughs> we are fact checking this movie. <laughs> it's like my underwear are not that big. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. No, they that was that's like a pair of of underwear you buy at like Spencer's. Gifts. Yeah. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, Spencer's gifts. What a two thousands like. I'm, I'm <laughs> staying with the theme. <laughs> yeah. Uh so watching the clips, um, the like first interaction that Jack Black has with Ivy, I forget their characters' names. Oh, uh, Rosemary. <laughs> Rosemary, yes. Yeah. It's like so when I watched this, I was younger, and I was still, like, fat, but I wasn't, like, I had an experience being fat as a, like, adult, and so I didn't quite get how, like, menacing it is for a strange man to come up and start talking to you, like, in, like, the middle of a store, and, like... The underwear aisle. And the underwear aisle, like, I, like watching that back now, I was like, oh my god, if a strange man did that to me, I, like, I, I don't know what i do. Right? I wonder about that. I wonder if that was just written for the... Joke, like just the fact that like uh, underwear are funny. Yeah. Basically, and it stopped there because like if you were writing that scene today, you're like, no way in the world would anybody, even in a comedy world, write. Here's a creep to go up and talk to a stranger <laughs> about her underwear in public that didn't end with some form of like FBI profile. Yeah. Like I just you wouldn't write that today. So I'm yeah. Like, but one assumes. I mean, they were just like, you know, it's funny underwear yeah <laughs> yeah because he does actually go up to her and make some comments like oh what are you doing in this aisle what are you buying this right. for you know and that's like why are you buying giant underwear like what right. yeah no yeah but like yeah that's this hindsight I yeah guess. like i can't imagine that being written today no it also made me wonder though if there were any like fat people in the writing room because that seemed like a very like fat experience not just like a woman experience but like you know, when you're when you're in a bigger body, people will come up to you and say things unsolicited. And so she's like, you know, like, back off, asshole, or jackweed, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, I wonder. I don't know. It just was like, oh, wow. Like, I just totally had a new, like, epiphany yeah. with it. <laughs> you're right. Like, I did think that. Like, the way that she reacts, like, that's why I think revisiting this movie like and i know ivy again you don't you didn't have creative control you were just there as like right. literally like the body the mo the the representation but like just this fact that like you see rosemary come from this position where like he comes up to her and then like she thinks he's insulting her but here's all these like nice things that he says to her and how he makes her feel so beautiful and then when she realizes that it was all just basically like a you know, when, when when he's finally unhypnotized and he sees her as a large person, he doesn't recognize her. And just like that crushing realization she must have had that all those fears that she'd had for years, which she finally thought had been unraveled in this new relationship where somebody who could really like make her feel attractive and feel loved are just like unraveled because he never really saw her. And I think that's where the pain comes from because, I mean, she does reconcile with him. But, like, because you're right, Maggie, like, a lot of that dialogue is pretty realistic because she's, like, immediately very defensive, like, but she's got the practice lines. Right. You know? Um, but I, I really, honestly, I can't really remember how the movie ends because it's been so long. I'm literally reading it on Wikipedia back. right now. <laughs> I don't know. I should know. And I honestly, I, like, I don't know. I think I saw it once after the premiere, and I think that's it. I know that she takes him back. She takes him back. Yeah, I mean, it's so lovely. They join the Peace Corps together. <laughs> oh, that's right. I remember them driving off in, like, a they Jeep. 
There was a whole Peace Corps. Yeah. Ma, I completely forgot about that. So it was also really fun. Those guys were super fun. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> I had forgot. Yeah. And then actually, you know, I think that is something like Rosemary is just a very interesting character because like she does forgive him. And then like not only does Jack Black like still try to like, you know, uh, make her feel her best, like tries to lift her up bridal style. And she just kind of goes like, you know what? Let's work with this new space we've got. And she picks him up and takes him bridal style to the car. And it's just like, you know, it's interesting because like, it is very easy to see this through a bitter lens and to be like, I can't believe they would write something like that. But then again, as we've said so many times, it's like there are some pretty positive nuggets in here. And I think that's that's really was the director's intentions. And we can kind of see that echoed with, you know, kind of the mess with Green Book. Yeah, I like to think I, I like to. Th- <laughs> <laughs> I like to think the intention. is Yeah. There. Again, um, like with Green Book. I do. <laughs> Again, which is crazy to me, but I mean, he's a, a, one of the nicest people I've ever met. And I always thought like with Peter, it was weird that he was so uh, like so smart and well-spoken when he made these really broad, dumb comedies. Yeah, I raunchy. Like, I was like, and I was really actually a little bit worried before meeting him because I was like, I'm not, this is not my, this is not my scene. This is not what I think is funny. But he's like, this incredibly smart kind well-spoken dude um and bobby also i'm like you guys make interesting choices maybe (laughs) with your comedy but they're like i do actually think that was the intention again maybe a mark was missed yeah maybe there is a lack of understanding of a broader picture but like i do think so wow i think for when it was made they could have treated their fat character a lot worse that that is true. That is very true. That's how I feel about it. Like not the best, but like at the end, he get she gets the guy. Yeah. Yeah. And she does have another character, like her ex boyfriend, who's also very into her. Mm. So like she is kind of treated like shown that like people do people already did love Rosemary without like hypnosis. Like she is a good person. She is worth you know a relationship, and that's why she doesn't want to take just anything from Jack Black. That's why she has like the little insults ready. Like she's a strong woman and it's, it's really easy to, to miss that. She didn't then in her efforts to find love, decide to really love herself and lose the weight that way. Yeah. Which was the message in a lot of things like, Oh, well now I'm losing the weight because I want to find love, Mm. but really I want to love me, but it's still, I'm losing the weight. You're right. And the end of the movie she was definitely going to go get a cheeseburger. Yeah. And that was fine. And I actually liked that. <laughs> that is so true. I had never really thought about that. But you're right. Like, she doesn't she doesn't take the message that he saw her as, like, Gwyneth Paltrow, like, skinny supermodel as, like, a I need to change, you know? Right. Like, she was, like, basically said, I'm not going to change. And you should love me for who I am. And that's that's really a pretty radical, like, step. You're right. For 2001? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought that was fairly bold. I have a totally new understanding of this film now. Me too. What just happened? <laughs> I know. Like, Maggie, you and I were, like, t- you know, DMing. Like, oh, I can't believe this happened. And then now, like... Wow, like, Ivy, I'm so glad that we got to talk to you. You can still, like, absolutely rage at a lot of it. (laughs) Thank you for that permission. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's some stuff, but... Yeah. I think there was, like, a Ricky Lake movie that I really liked, and I don't remember because I only ever saw it on, like, cable television, but that was basically the story where she was just, like, like, this fat character, and then, oh, God, it's so vague, and I'm really bad at describing plots of movies, but essentially, yeah, and he would, like, hide her and he was ashamed of her and then finally she stood up for herself and ate more salad and then he noticed that (laughs) what he missed out on i'm like well i mean there was that netflix tv show like last year insatiable right like she gets her Uh, jaw wired shut and loses all the weight oh no i did not i did not watch that That i i didn't i refused to watch it but like that looked a little appalling like yeah like uh, on behalf of like what my body used to look like i still i'm like "Mm mm-hmm that's yeah. yeah, I mean, like, it's it's such a, you know, world to navigate, like, with your relationship with your body, like, you know, where they're, like, being bigger, being smaller. Like, our, our relationship with our body is always changing. The way we look is always changing. And it's, like, a unique experience that we can come from, like, having lived or still living as plus-size women or non-binary people or even plus-size men who, like... 
let's not forget that Jack Black and Jason Alexander at the time were plus size men. Yes. So, yes. Like, you know, like it, it's like it gives like an empathy that you can't step away from. Like, even if, you know, like that character in Ricky Lake, like, even if they she, she lost all that weight, like she would still know what it's like to live as a fat woman and yeah. to like navigate the world like that. It's not something you can like step away from. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's why it's it's so cool like that Rosemary like she says like because even in the beginning of the movie it's like kind of established like that she says this is who I am and I'm not going to fight being who I am. Yeah. And that's like it's really cool to to come to that point. And man, like <laughs> I was so ready to just like trash Shallow Owl. For, like, <laughs> I feel like I've said more positive things about Shallow Owl in the last like I don't know, a half hour hour than I've ever said in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very sorry about that. <laughs> uh, well, it's been so great talking to the two of you. Um, if there's uh, Ivy, do you have any final thoughts on the film you'd like to share? No, no, I'm. I think we've covered a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I've thought more about Shallow Hell yeah in this last hour than I have in the past eighteen years since it was made. Honestly, except for the occasional creep. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, one dude uh, composed me a symphony. And, oh no! <laughs> but he sent it to my home address when I was living in Hollywood. Okay. Like, okay. Great. Super great. Oh no! I absolutely want to just divorce from humanity. I'm out. I quit. With bro. <laughs> the security of that oh building gosh. was somewhat lax. Also, I was like, I'm gonna get murdered in my sleep. This Wait, when awesome. when he delivered a, a, a composition, was it like as a CD, as like yes. sheet music? Yes, it was as a CD. Yeah, he sent it to me in like a, a UPS envelope, which I should I didn't listen to it because I was scared. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> if there was a real composition that he composed just for me, then I probably shouldn't like make fun of his efforts. But also, scary. no, I mean definitely make fun of his efforts because that's crazy. He sent me an envelope, like a self-addressed envelope, to return a uh, a signed headshot, which I also did not do. I was <laughs> thoroughly scared by the whole situation. I think that was one of my like, I gotta get out of Hollywood. I think I'm done. I don't actually. Think, I don't think I want this attention. I want again, much like you said, you want the attention, attention, but you don't want the attention. Yeah. yeah, that was one of those real bad attention moments. I'm like, uh oh, I want to help. Yeah. Uh, Maggie, is there anything else that you'd like to comment or ask or anything like that? I can't think of anything else, but like you said, like my mind has like totally flipped on this movie. Which <laughs> I know I it's so know crazy. How. Well, it's like comparing it to like really bad stuff. It's like okay, it's not as bad as the really bad stuff. And at and, like, yeah. and at the end of the day, like it did at the end be like you're st- you know no matter what body you're in, you're still worthy of a romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> Shallow how body positive message of the decade. <laughs> well, um, Ivy, it was so great getting to talk to you. And um, yeah, this is really fun. Yeah, Maggie, why don't you let our audience know where they can find your Instagram, your vlog, or anything else you want to yes, plug? Yes, I'd love to. Um, so I'm on Instagram and Twitter at, at Maggie McGill's. So it's my name with an S at the end because the, the Maggie McGill handle is taken by someone whose name isn't actually Maggie. Maggie? My my legal <laughs> name is Maggie, goes. and theirs is not, and I'm still bitter about it. Um, <laughs> and then my YouTube is YouTube.com slash Maggie McGill. Okay, great. And Without the S. <laughs> I will uh, include a link with and without the S's on the – well, I'll include the proper links on the show notes too. Uh, well, as always, this has been Guess What You're Gonna Hate. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Hate Podcast on Facebook at Guess What You're Gonna Hate, and we have a Patreon, Patreon.com/HatePodcast, with several different tiers of support, so that you can continue getting the content that you love or hate, as well as some personalized message from Kate, who again I did not invite to be on this episode because she said she liked the movie, so I canceled her. So, though then again, I might need to revisit that. I might, you might need, to I might apologize. need to apologize to Kate because apparently I was misunderstanding this film. So, and also thanks so much to Paul Ryberg for our awesome composition. Oh, but sorry, I was getting distracted by that story you told for our awesome theme song that he composed. And be sure to check out his podcast, The Minute Pod, and Plug In Missing. Again, thank you so much, Ivy and Maggie, for your time. It's been so awesome getting to talk to the two of you. Definitely. Yeah, thanks for having me on.